0: Welcome back to BrailleCast Extra. Coming up this time, the first of a three-part series on using Braille with iOS. This session was recorded on Tuesday, the 1st of February 2022 and introduced by Dave Williams. Hello, a very warm welcome
1: back to the
0: Brailleists Foundation and
1: welcome to our series of Braille masterclasses concerning Braille, and Apple iOS devices. This is the first of three sessions that we'll be covering in quite some detail about how to get the best uh, with your braille device and your iOS device when those two things are working together to get access to a massive range of uh, of content. And leading us through that will be Scott Davitt. Some of you may know uh, Scott's name from Apple Viz, where he has written extensively about braille and ios Uh, scott also regularly reviews uh, braille displays new braille products coming onto the market and those reviews are always well worth a read they regularly get posted to the Brailleists forum and uh, do appear in some of the um, us magazines such as uh, access world and uh, so on we've got about a 35 minute uh, presentation uh, from Scott, which is uh, is pre-recorded, uh, so we're going to play that for you now, and then at the end of that uh, segment, we will be coming to questions and answers. So take it away, Scott Daver.
2: This is Scott Daver welcoming you to this set of masterclasses on using Braille with iOS devices. I first want to start off by thanking the Braillist Foundation for having me come on to present this particular set of sessions, and would also like to thank everyone for tuning in. A little bit about myself before we get into the actual class. I am the coordinator of the Technology Research and Innovation Center. It's a technology center for individuals who are deafblind, and I am located on Long Island, New York, I've been in the AT space for well over a decade at this point, I feel really old by the way, and have been working with Braille displays since, well, since the 90s anyway. (laughs) Uh, This particular session is recorded due to a scheduling conflict. However, there will be a live Q&A at the end of this session. This session will focus On the very basics, and we'll go through the voiceover slash braille menu as well. You may notice that this is a recording, but it's not polished. that is for a reason. I am not going to do editing on this particular recording. So if something happens, for example, if I'm in the middle of doing something and the braille display crashes... Well, then the Braille display crashes and I'll have to try to work through that. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen that way, but I understand that it could and that it does happen to people. And so just like this is not a polished presentation, iOS and Braille is not a polished experience. So um, just bear that in mind. Certainly, if I was recording a podcast, I would probably have a more smooth delivery, but uh, I really feel like this is something that should be done in such a way I know it isn't live, but that it basically is. So first, a little bit of general information. Most Braille displays are supported through Bluetooth that have been made in the last 15 years or so going back as far as the first generation of Brilliant, which didn't have a keyboard. It was a very nice construction, though, of solid aluminum. That was, I believe, 2005, 2006 was when it was introduced. And uh, that can be paired with your iOS device. The only display that I know of that is around that age that isn't directly supported is the braille node m power now the braille node m power works with the mac you can plug it in i don't know if you can do bluetooth but you can certainly do usb with it but it is not supported on ios by the way for this set of demonstrations i'm using ios 15.3 on an iphone 12 mini with a brilliant bi 20 First, let's look at the actual pairing process itself. The Brilliant BI20X, Brilliant BI40X, Mantis Q40, Chameleon, and NLS eReader are the only displays I know of which are currently supported with USB. It's my understanding that the Braille 1 does not work, but I don't have one here to try myself, so. I have no way of verifying that. You will, if using an iPhone, require a lightning to USB camera adapter, which is available through Apple for $40 US. There are cheaper off-brand models, but sometimes those don't hold up over time, so I don't typically recommend those. But if you would like to take a chance on a cheaper one, You could just type in lightning to USB camera adapter on, say, Amazon or any other retailer and buy at your own risk. Anyway, with the USB, you plug the lightning cable into the adapter. Then you'll plug the lightning adapter the other end into a power source. And that's required because a braille display requires a lot of power. Uh, although it's not required on the iPad, the newer iPad Pros. And the other port on that side of the adapter is a USB-A cable. What you would do then is plug the USB-A side of it, in other words, the end of the port that would go into your computer or a power brick for charging, you'll plug that into the USB to lightning cable adapter, and then the other end would go into the USB-C port on your Braille display. Braille display support on iOS through USB is very much in its infancy. In fact, there are several issues with the connection in the sense that when you lock your iOS device's screen and then unlock it, you'll find that in a lot of cases, the Braille keyboard no longer sends uh, its keyboard commands to the iOS device successfully. So what you'll need to do in that case, if and when that happens, is either unplug the Braille display and then plug it back in. You could also restart voiceover. And in the case of these particular Braille displays, you can go into the uh, terminal mode and then go to reconnect devices and that should also work but it's very much in its infancy like i said and still requires quite a bit of work before it's ready for prime time but if you want to try it out and mess around with it that would be how you would accomplish that bluetooth which is what is more commonly supported is that system that we talked about where i said pretty much all braille displays were supported Now let's go on to the pairing itself through Bluetooth. This is going to depend on what Braille display you have, how you would proceed. Uh, For example, some Braille displays, you'll need to put the display in what is called terminal mode or discoverable mode. Others, you don't have to do anything other than turn the display on and then proceed to what you need to do with the iOS device. So I would recommend very highly you check out the user documentation. Uh, For example, a lot of displays you would pair by going to Settings, Accessibility, VoiceOver, Braille, and then pairing it that way. But there are other devices that only require you to go into Settings and then Bluetooth. Some displays that require you to go into your Settings Accessibility voiceover braille menu include the focus fifth generation, well the fourth and third generation for that matter, whether it's a 14 or a 40. You'll also need to do this with the cube braille from HIMS and several other older models of displays. You will have to go to voiceover braille under the accessibility settings and pair that way. This is also true of the Orbit Readers, but there is an additional step on the Orbit Reader 40 you have to take at this point, which is to go into the Braille displays menu itself and turn on Emulation for the Variable Ultra 40. And then when you pair, it will actually show up as a Variable Ultra 40 and not an Orbit Reader 40. And the reason this is done is so that users of these displays don't have to wait for screen reader support to be officially given to the Orbit Reader 40. So all of your commands still work, and I don't really notice too many differences between using the Orbit Reader 40 on iOS and, say, a Brilliant BI 40. Now I'm going to use the iPhone to connect to the Brilliant BI20X. That's what I'm going to use for this particular demonstration. I have turned the device on and have gone to terminal and then I'm going to use whatever option I want. Either the thumb keys or space with dot 4. There's all kinds of ways to get there. And press enter on add Bluetooth device. Now on my iPhone, I am going to open Bluetooth settings, and I can do this on the touch screen by going to settings and Bluetooth, or I can save myself a step by using Siri, which is what I'll do. Open Bluetooth settings. Settings. Bluetooth Settings. Back button. Now we are in the Bluetooth settings and what I need to do is swipe right a lot of times until I find the Brilliant BI20X. I'll do that.
3: Bluetooth. Bluetooth off. Now discoverable as my devices. Heading. Bluetooth logic keyboard. Not connected. Button. That's available. obviously not it. Other devices. Heading. In progress. Heading. To pair an Apple Watch with your iPhone, go to the Apple Watch app, link.
2: Okay, well, we don't need to do that, so it has not showed up in the scan yet. It does sometimes take a little bit of time to do that. Let me flick to the left now to see if it showed up.
3: In progress. It did not. To pair an Apple Watch with your iPhone, link. In progress. Other devices. Heading. Bluetooth logic keyboard. Not connected. Button. Actions available. So
2: what can I do? I told you there was going to be a problem.
3: There always is. Other in progress. To pair an Apple Watch with your iPhone, go to the Apple Watch app link.
2: So what I'm going to do, and this is oftentimes something you have to do, is restart the brilliant. That'll be the first thing I try. <laughs> um, I went ahead and shut it down. It will take a minute or so to uh, to restart. But... That's one of those things where in an ideal world, it'll come right up and they'll recognize each other. And in this case, you'll just double tap the uh, Braille display and it will work. Now, with the brilliant supporting the new standard, sometimes that's a little more of a challenge than, say, on a focus display. Okay, it's restarted. I'll go to Terminal again, and I will go to Add Bluetooth Device. And let's see what happens on the iPhone. Link. In progress. Head. Other devices. Heading. So, I am going to now use the iPhone to go back. Airplane mode. Off. I'm in the Settings main menu. Let's go back to Bluetooth, which is one swipe to the right.
3: Wi-Fi, my Altus A98,159, button.
2: I lied, it's two.
3: Bluetooth on, button. Double tap. Bluetooth on.
2: Let's see if it comes back up now. I'll tap near the bottom of the screen so it'll hopefully get me into the area where the Bluetooth scan has given us some results.
3: To pair an Apple Watch with your iPhone, go to the Apple Grillion BI 20X 650020000306,
2: button. There it is. It has not been connected, of course. Button. Brilliant,
3: Brilliant BI twenty X six five
2: zero. That's a new one.
3: Um it
2: keeps repeating what it is, even though it's the only thing here. Anyway, uh so now that I have the Brilliant BI twenty X
3: in focus, I'll double tap it. Brilliant PI 20X 65002000306. 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, Connecting TV Samsung 7 Series 50. Button.
2: So there was a TV that I'm not going to connect to, but it has connected, and you heard the little bonk noise, which I guess I would normally associate with a wrong answer. But anyway, so I'm going to get out of here with a two finger scrub. Bluetooth on button. And the reason I'm getting out of here is because. Bluetooth is constantly scanning for devices and it'll keep interrupting me. So we're apparently connected. Let me go on the Brilliant to Connected Devices.
3: Cellular button.
2: And indeed we are connected. I hit space with dot four, which will take you to the next item on the screen. But let's now go to the Braille menu Open voiceover settings.
3: Accessibility. Back button.
2: Now I need to find Braille. I pretty much know where that is.
3: Speech. Button. Braille. Brilliant PI 20X Six Five Zero Zero Two Zero 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 Three Zero Six. Button. Okay, so
2: we had there a close guess on my part. I flicked one item to the right, and there it is. So if I want to activate this item... There are multiple ways to do this, and the way that you'll do it will depend on what's available to you. For example, on the Orbit Reader 20, we don't have cursor routing buttons, so you could press the Select button, or you could hit Space with 3, 6. I happen to have cursor routing buttons, so I can just press a cursor routing button above Braille.
3: Output contracted button.
2: Output is your first option, output meaning what you're reading. So what you can do is configure that to any code you want, whether it's contracted braille, six-dot uncontracted braille, or eight-dot uncontracted braille. So if I wanted to activate this, again, to activate any item, I can press space with three six, hit a cursor routing button, Or, of course, I could double-tap on the iOS device, but I'm not using my iOS device at all anymore. Uh, Other than establishing the pairing, I haven't used it. What you can do, of course, to go to the next item is flick right one time on the touchscreen. On the Mantis, you can hit your right arrow. On a Perkins keyboard, which is the majority of devices on the market still, you would press space with dot four. And space with dot four might be a familiar command for you because it's the same command you would use to go to the next item on a traditional Braille note taker. So I will hit space with dot four. Input contracted button. We have input also set as contracted. Now, if I hit space with dot one, Output contracted button. I swipe one item to the left. So what I'm going to do is just sort of walk through the menu here and explain what the different options are. And again, in class number two, and of course, then class number three, we'll work on things like text editing and web browsing and things of that sort, all dependent on how much time there is. I'm on output again. We know to the right is input, but do we know what keyboard command to hit to move to input? If you said space with dot six, I'm very sorry. You'll need to go back and re listen to that part of the podcast. It is a space with dot four. Input contracted button. I already covered that. The only other thing I will mention in the input menu, input being what you're typing, is that there is an automatic braille translation option in this menu, and the automatic braille translation option when turned on will not wait for you to hit the spacebar to interpret your typing, rather it will try to interpret automatically, and it does an okay job, but once you get into certain situations, it's pretty ugly. Space with dot four to move on to the next option. Braille screen input six dot button. We're not going to discuss Braille screen input, but there it is as an option if you would like it. Braille tables two button. Braille tables. Braille tables are typically used when you want to use multiple languages or multiple codes in the same language, depending on your. Preference or what your needs are. So, if I wanted to look at this menu, which we'll do, I can again hit space with three six. If I'm on an Orbit reader, I could also hit the select button, or on any other Braille display with the keyboard, which has cursor routing buttons, I can press a cursor routing button. Selected Braille table English Unified System button. Okay, so. We have the English Unified System braille table in use at the moment. If I move to the right, one option with space and dot four. English Unified System button. Space with dot four again. English US Lib Louis. Actions available. We have English US Lib Louis. English US, of course, being the old code that was away with in 2016 here in the US, which is no longer a thing, but you can still change to that table if you want. Although the two tables I have listed in this demonstration are both English, there are also tables for many other languages, and we'll get into this in part two of the Masterclass series. There is also, by the way, English UK Braille. So if you're someone who hasn't really wanted to adapt to UEB in the UK, that table is also available to you. Space with dot four again. Add Braille table button. And now we have the add Braille table. And the add Braille table is an option we'll explore a little later. Again, this is more. An overview of all the options that we have available, and then beyond that, space with dot four again. We'll get information that I basically just told you.
3: Braille tables added here will appear in the Braille table rotor in voiceover. So you
2: have the ability to add the table in here. You can also change it, uh, or you can use it within the rotor. And we'll get into how to use the rotor with braille in a little bit, probably session two. So if I want to get out of here, space with B for back, or it also doubles as an escape key.
3: I'll press that. Add rail table, button, output contracted button.
2: And we're back to the output contracted menu, which isn't exactly where we wanted to be, but it's close. I can hit space with dot four or any number of different commands depending on what you're using, but space with dot four should work on any Perkins keyboard.
3: Input contracted button. There we have input Braille screen input six dot button. I'm just moving to the right Braille tables to button status cells button status cells.
2: I have turned off. Uh, basically what it will do is it will take the left or right two cells that you have and can communicate certain information to you. For example, is speech on Is screen curtain on. And so on and so forth. There's also a formatted formatting, I should say, text status cell, which I haven't found to be very reliable, especially when, for example, in the middle of a line, you have text attributes that change, which is what it's supposed to communicate. For example, if you have italicized content, uh, underline or bold or whatever, those are a couple of the options. If you have that text, let's say, for example, a word bolded in the middle of a line, unless that bolded text is located at the start of the line, it may or may not interpret it correctly because the status cell is always at the start of the Braille display line. And if you have one word bolded in the middle, how can you possibly communicate that? So it's one of those areas where Maybe their design choice wasn't the best, but that's uh, what you're working with here. Let me hit space with four again. Equations use Nemeth code on. Equations use Nemeth code. You can turn that off, and that should default everything back to UEB if you have that turned on. Show on screen keyboard off. Show on screen keyboard. Um, that is, well, going to be your on screen keyboard, which is sometimes handy in certain situations. For example, if you're trying to enter passwords, you might not be able to do so at the Perkins keyboard, so you would have to use the on-screen keyboard. So you can come in here and enable that if you want, or you can press space with dots 146 or SH, and that should automatically hide or unhide the on-screen keyboard, depending on what your choice is set to space with four again turn pages when panning on turn pages while panning is for when you're reading a book and it's been divided into pages and you don't want to have to hit the command to turn the books pages every time you reach the bottom of one comes really in handy when you're doing leisure reading and you really don't care about the page number Uh, it does by the way work well with Kindle. It also works with the Apple Books app which has kind of an issue where it doesn't scroll automatically. Sometimes it'll show you the page number um, and you'll have to still do it manually but for the most part uh, turn pages while panning works pretty well. If you do need to turn a page in a book uh, to go forward you can hit space with the letter O and backward would be space with OW. Moving along
3: Word wrap on.
2: Word wrap has nothing to do with hip hop music. That'd be kinda of cool. I mean, I guess you could get some hip hop going with the uh braille music. I'm not really sure. Uh, but word wrap in this case allows you to see multiple items on your device. Now that does not apply to the home screen. So for example, if you were to go out of your settings menu with word wrap turned off you're not going to see the first four columns on your home screen or the first two no matter the size of your braille display Uh, but it does work when you're reading text or doing things like that so that if you have word wrap turned off in this case you will have as many cells on the braille display active as possible The good news is, is that you can maximize your braille displays width. the bad news is, is for some people anyway. um, When you have word wrap turned off, you'll have to pan forward eventually, but you may pan forward and get only half of the word because the first half of that word was on the previous width of the braille display.
3: Braille alert messages 1.5 button. Braille alert messages, a lot of people have them
2: turned off right now. The reason for that in uh, starting an iOS 15.2 is that for some reason, when flash messages or alert messages come on, sometimes they cause the Braille display and the iPhone f- to lock up. The only way sometimes to fix it is to do a hard reset on your phone. You can do that with. Volume up, followed by volume down, and then holding in the side button for about 15 seconds. What are those alerts, you ask? Well, anytime VoiceOver delivers what it calls a VoiceOver announcement, which I know is a different term than uh, what we have for Braille display alert messages, but it's actually the same thing. Say, for example, you have a hint, like double-tap to open. I have hints turned off because I'm using a Braille display and they are 100% meaningless for a Braille display user. Um, Dice World is another example of an app that makes use of them. Uh, Anytime a notification comes in, you'll get that message from this particular feature. But again, it can cause with iOS 15.2 and later up to this point, and we're on 15.3 now, it can cause your braille display and or, because sometimes the braille display doesn't lock up at all, the connection might, but it's otherwise not affected, but the iOS device doesn't really respond to anything. So again, doing that hard reset is the workaround sort of. I wouldn't really call it a workaround, but that's what has to be done. All right, moving along now, space with dot four again. And if I wanted to go back to the previous one, I think it's a good idea to remember that. And that is space with dot one. But we're going to do space with dot four now. Ignore chord duration 0.5 button. Ignore chord duration means that you are able to separate or set the amount of time that the Braille display waits for a space bar to be um, picked up as part of what you're currently typing. For example, let's say you hit H with space, which will take you to the home screen. If you have it set kind of the wrong way, I guess uh, it could be interpreted as H space, or have if you're writing in contracted braille. But obviously, that's not what you want. But if you're having issues with that happening, you can come in here and adjust the uh, ignore chord duration to set it up in such a way that you won't have issues.
3: Next option. Auto advanced duration fives button.
2: Auto advanced duration is what would be more commonly called Auto scroll. And unfortunately, it's not very easy for me to cover at this point because uh, you have to assign commands to make it function correctly. So I'm going to have to hold off on that until probably class three. Let me keep going. Choose a braille display. And now we're at choose a braille display. So underneath this section would be listed any braille displays within range or that have been previously connected to this particular iOS device, and that would allow you to hopefully connect. I say hopefully because you saw what happened to me, and that unfortunately is sometimes the case. So that's all for the Braille menu. I can get out of here depending on where I want to go next. I can hit space with B. Or I can hit space with one dot one a lot of times to get to the top to activate the back button. or depending on what I want to do, maybe I want to go to the top of the screen. You can go to the top of the screen with space and the letter l. Voiceover back button. There's voice over back button. You can go to the bottom with space and four five six in progress. That's the bottom menu thing in progress, meaning it's searching for Bluetooth devices. I'll again hit space with L.
3: VoiceOver. Back button.
2: That takes me to the top. But let's say I want to go to the home screen. I can go to the home screen with space and the letter H for home. Dot Watch 2. Dot Watch 2 is the upper left icon on this home screen. And just like in the menus that we were looking at, you can hit space with dot 4. To flick one item to the right photos there's photos space with dot one takes you again to the previous item on the screen or an equivalent to flicking left dot watch two and you can also do space with four five six to take you to the lower right or the bottom in this particular case of the home screen doc music space with L dot watch two takes me to the top. If I would like to check the time, for example, I can hit space with the letter
3: S to get into the status bar. Two twenty-three p.m. Status bar item.
2: And that's the time as I am recording this. And now when I hit space with 4, or space with 1, I can
3: move across the status bar. Cellular, no signal. My altitude A98,159, 84% battery power, not charging.
2: Now if I go back to the left with space and... That's correct, dot one! I heard everybody answering me out there. Even though your mics are muted. My altitude A98,150, cellular, no signal. So you get the idea. To get out of the status bar, space with S again is usually the way I do it. Dot watch two. In this case, I'm returned to the upper left corner of the screen because that's where I was... You can also do space with the letter B, which again doubles as escape and back, and that will automatically take you to the upper left corner of the screen, but space with the letter S oftentimes will put you in the place where you were previously. A couple of other commands before I wrap this session up and take questions. Probably my favorite, one of my two or three favorite commands We'll mute speech. Well, that's usually one of my favorites. Right now, it's probably not such a good idea since we're on an audio webinar type thing. But it is a toggle. So if I hit space with a letter M for mute. Speech off. Speech is now off. I can press it again. Speech on. And speech is back on. And finally, before this lesson goes dark, let's make the screen go dark. Actually, I think this will, if I remember correctly, the screen curtain is currently off. But I don't know, because I can't see it. Um, But we can toggle the screen curtain with space and dots 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Screen curtain off. Presumably now my screen is visible. If there was anybody in the room here to see it, I can press it again. Screen curtain on. And the screen curtain is turned back on. So that is the introductory material. There's a little more introductory material that we'll get into last time, uh, next time rather. And at that point, we will also start looking at other navigation options. And hopefully text editing. So that will be part two. Thank you very much. I hope this has been helpful and we'll look for you again on the next masterclass.
1: You're with the Brailleists Foundation. I'm Dave Williams, and thank you very much, uh, Scott Davitt, who is with us live, and we'll be taking your questions here very shortly. Uh, lots to think about there. Um, depending what kind of Braille display you have, obviously determines how you go about setting it up in iOS. Uh, and Scott has also introduced us uh, to some useful commands for reviewing the screen, getting to the status bar, and toggling that all-important
4: privacy feature, the screen curtain. So Ben, I know I, I didn't know there was a hotkey to do that. So I've I've already learned something, uh, which is great. Uh, hands coming in now. So we're going to come to uh, Misty. We're going to come to you uh, first, and uh, plenty of time for other questions after Misty, I'm sure. Uh, Misty, you are good to go.
5: Um, so when you say when you talk about Braille commands, you say spacebar and another letter. Uh, does that mean spacebar on the other letter at the same time or in sequence?
1: At the same time. So it usually refers to the combination of Braille keys that you would use on a device with a Braille keyboard. That's right, Scott. Yeah. So space with
2: something typically means hold down the spacebar and press it. So for example, you want to go to your
1: home screen, space with the letter H will do that. So you would press space in conjunction with the letter. Now, to be clear, Scott, that's, that's only going to work on a Braille keyboard. Would that work on something like, say, the Mantis, where we've got a QWERTY keyboard? No, and that's a good question, <laughs> actually.
2: Uh, so on the Mantis, when you're using a Bluetooth keyboard, um, essentially that's what you're doing is uh, using a Bluetooth keyboard because it's, the keyboard is attached to the Mantis. So in that case, what you would do is you would press the voiceover modifier key which would be either control and option combined or the caps lock key. And you can configure that under voiceover settings, modifier keys. And you would press and hold that voiceover modifier and then hit the letter H to go to the home screen. Uh, But that said, not all Bluetooth keyboard commands are exactly the same as what you'll find on the braille display. So for example, space with the letter S takes you with the Perkins keyboard to the status bar. Voice over modifier with S on a Bluetooth keyboard, whether that be the Mantis or just a keyboard, that mutes speech. So there are differences. And once I'm done with the handout, uh, I will make sure to include not only a listing of the most common Braille display commands, but also one for Bluetooth keyboard commands for that reason. Uh, because the Mantis is actually a display that's really growing a lot in popularity. So I think it's important that we make note of that as well.
4: Thank you, Misty. We're going to come to Paul now. And after Paul, we're going to come to Anna. Uh, So, Paul, you are good to go.
6: So I've got a question. I've just updated my iOS to the latest version. I think it's 15.3, maybe two, three anyway, the very latest one. And um, I'm having trouble using a Spanish um, dictionary online. It's called Spanish Dict. And I'm using a Focus 14 row display. And in any other application, such as email or the notes function on the phone, uh, it's working fine. I can input and I can read out what I've typed in and so on. But in this um, Spanish, uh, dictionary language tool um, is basically a very dynamic screen. So you you type into a search box and then you get suggestions further down as to what words you might be looking for. And um, I'm wondering if this is the problem that I'm typing into a dynamic situation. And I wondered if 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 you'd experienced this with anything else, like on the on the web. So I type into the search box and instead of producing the word I'm typing in, it will suddenly say image not recognized and then just present me with a blank edit field again. Um, And there's a number of other issues as well.
1: Right. sounds like something's grabbing the focus there. Should we let Scott come back on that? Sure. So you updated iOS and not the app. So I'm guessing there may be some
2: sort of an issue between the uh, iOS update and the older version of the app. And I, unfortunately, I don't use that app, so I don't quite understand.
6: I wonder if it wondered, though. I think the app is up to date. That's automatically update. But, um, yeah, I just wondered if you had come across it, a similar situation on, say, um, websites where stuff is moving around and changing uh, around the basic uh, text field. I've seen that on
2: Safari, actually, where the focus will sort of jump away from what you're doing. Very frustrating. It isn't new in 15.3, but for whatever reason, you're experiencing it more in 15.3. But again, it's in that situation, it sounds like when iOS updated, it changed something in the way that iOS interacts with the app. So I really don't have, without having a look at that specific app. There's really no way for me to say, well, you can try this or you could try that. Um, Really, once something gets shifted away, the focus of voiceover gets shifted away. The only thing you can do is go back to it and hope that (laughs) hope that it stays there. Now, the one thing I will say is, and this is more a general comment, when you're typing, if nothing is happening, likely for whatever reason, quick nav, which is a thing that we're not really going to talk too much about well I didn't think we were until right now um when you have quick nav turned off which is what you want when you're typing uh, it works fine and you can usually type in most edit fields however sometimes quick nav does not turn on and off automatically as voiceover and apple had specified it should so Sometimes you can hit space with the letter Q for quick nav and see if that helps. And if it says, for example, quick nav on and you want it off uh, again, sometimes voiceover. I don't know exactly why it happens, but sometimes that quick nav option gets turned the opposite way that you want it to. And voiceover doesn't even seem to realize it because you'll press space with Q and it will toggle Uh, To the other setting, whether that may be on or off, but then you hit it a second time to go back to the setting that you wanted and then you can type. I don't have an answer as to why this happens. It also happens on the lock screen sometimes. You know, when you want to enter your passcode. So
1: it's going to be very difficult for us to address every individual situation, but obviously some general principles. I think that's um, somebody suggesting, is it possible you need to double tap on the edit field to, uh, to activate it is, is coming in on the chat. We also have a question from the chat for you, Scott. Uh, is there a quick way to view the page number in Braille when using the Kindle app? I don't think there is a way. No, I think you just have to bring up the, the navigation dialogue and, and go and look look there, I think. And each book will place the page number in, in a different place. So uh, I don't think there is a, a, a quick answer for that one. Uh, should we take some more hands,
4: Ben? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Rachel. We're going to come to Anna now. And after Anna, we're going to come to Jess. Uh, Anna, you are unmuted.
5: Okay. Um, I have a Braille Sense 6 that came out in the middle of last year. At some Yeah, in the middle of last year. And how do I pair that? Do I have to do the same? Do I have to go into the Bluetooth uh, to the accessibility and go into it that way to pair it to Bluetooth?
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I haven't done this on the Braille Sense 6 yet, but I know it's very similar. Uh, what you want to do is go to Terminal for Screen Reader, and I believe that is in the main menu. You can just press T, if I'm not mistaken, unless I changed it.
1: So it used to be in utilities on the on the Hims devices, maybe they moved it out into the top level menu, but it's called terminal for screen reader. Mm-hmm.
2: So then what you'll have to do, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than some things on your phone, you'll go to settings, accessibility, uh, voice over Braille. Once you're in terminal for screen reader, you have to do that first. And then what's going to happen is it will probably prompt you for a pin code. And if it does prompt you for a pin code, you'll have to enter that code first in computer braille on the braille sense six, and then you'll have to enter that same code on your iOS device and then
1: double tap pair.
5: I think I'll have to get someone to help me with that. It sounds very complicated.
1: So I think Stuart Lawler at Sight and Sound, he might be the chap to help you with that.
5: Oh, uh, I know Stuart. Um, so I'll, I'll get him to help me with it. But I thought there might have been an easier, quicker way I could have done it myself. But thanks for trying to help anyway, Scott. I really appreciate it.
4: No problem, Anna. And uh, definitely get back to us if you're still struggling. We're going to come to Jess next. And after Jess, we're going to come to Ellie. Uh, Jess, you are now unmuted.
5: Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, Scott. That was really interesting. I, I feel I've learned a lot. Um, I wanted to ask, I've been, I've got a burial ultra braille display and I have been pairing it up with my iPhone, which is great, but I'd never have used any of those um, keys to go back and forth. I always just sort of use um, my hand and do things. But I'm, I'm going to try and all these new things, that i feel i've learned tonight which is great but i wanted to know if you were saying about the home screen and how to navigate around that if you got want to go onto your next page for the apps that are on there how would you do that using the braille display rather than just swiping with three fingers
2: sure so that's um Usually, I mean, I'm sorry, which
1: which app are you using? I, that way I can... So it's it's how to change pages, Scott, the, the command.
5: Just how to go, yes, from the home screen. Obviously, when you were first in it, you were on probably your main page.
1: Oh, okay. I think it's space with O, I think, is the, the command you want. Yes, space with O will take you to the next page, and then
2: space with OW or dots 246, that will take you to the previous page. Is it 100% reliable? No, but that's... How you would achieve that?
5: Okay, that's lovely. I will give that a try and fingers crossed. Thank you very much.
4: No problem, Jess and uh, like you say some of those uh, some of those hotkeys are real time savers there. Great stuff, Scott. Uh, going to come to Ellie next. No hands after Ellie, but probably time for uh, one, maybe two more questions after Ellie. If anyone has any, alt oh, while Windows, option while Mac, Star 9 on the telephone, or more, then raise hand on the Zoom app. And of course, right on cue, we have another hand after Ellie. We're going to come to uh, the person using a Braille Edge, who I believe is Carol. Uh, Ellie, you are good to go.
5: Okay, hi. Um. I was just wondering how to um like navigate the page numbers and find out what number you're in on a book or on a braille display.
2: On which application? I'm sorry. They they're all different. <laughs>
5: um, oh, Kindle.
1: Yeah, so I think we I think we already had that one from Rachel in the chat and um there there isn't a quick way to do that, is there, Scott? There is not, unfortunately. You know, it's one of those things where they
2: did, a. they made a. in my opinion, usually it would be a good thing, right? You have your text and you just read along. There's no menu in your way, nothing like that, right? But uh, this is one of those things that you can't really do unless you go back into uh, the menu. Now, you can use space with O to go forward page by page, but, you know, that's not going to do what you're looking for. You have to go back out of the text and then, uh, you know, go into the menu and do it that way. So not very efficient, I understand, but that's that's iOS. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it takes a long time to do something that you would think would be really simple.
4: It is indeed. Sorry, that wasn't quite what you're looking for, Ellie, and sorry to chiver you along a little bit there, but definitely uh, pop into the Braille bar, uh, and that's open to anyone else as well if we don't manage to get your questions quite answered this time round, We're going to come to Braille Edge 314, who, as I said, I believe is... Uh, Carol, and then we'll uh, hand over to Dave to wrap things up. Uh, So Braille Edge 314, I'm just trying to unmute you.
1: While we're waiting for that, um, I have a question for Scott. So just going back to Paul's question, you know, he's got this Spanish dictionary and he's trying to use it with Safari and his Braille display and it keeps grabbing the focus away. When we encounter issues like that, you know sometimes it's a little bit uh, ambiguous about where to direct feedback uh, how would you um advocate for for a resolution to those kinds of situations scott where you've got an app that isn't playing nicely with braille and and maybe there's been a regression there and something that used to work has has stopped do you, do you badger apple do you go to the app developer what, what what do we do so i always look to contact the app
2: developer And the reason I say that is because if you're having an issue that is on that specific app, then that would be the app developer. Um, Now, if, for example, you upgrade to, say, iOS 15.3 from 15.2 and then you're encountering an issue, I would still contact the developer or whoever runs the website and explain to them the situation, but I would also contact Apple because, uh, obviously, if the only thing you've changed is your iOS upgrade. The upgrade of iOS is part of the issue. Now what you can do, let's say for example, you are able to get into a text field that you wanna type in, but it's not accepting braille input. And we're going to look into this on uh, class two, but what you can do is if you, and it is a pain to do, but you can write up what you wanna insert, say for example, in the notes app copy it to your clipboard, go into Safari, go into the text field and paste it uh, and then hit enter. And sometimes that works. And that's a challenge, really, in a lot of areas where you have to enter passwords. You know, the Braille input just doesn't take for whatever reason. So if you type your password, say, in the notes app and then copy and paste it into the password field, a lot of the time that will work. And sometimes that will work in these types of situations also.
4: Good to know. We're going to really quickly come to Carol now. Here we can unmute. Uh, Carol, you're good to go.
5: I just wondered that there's some issues at the moment with Apple, isn't there, with iOS and Braille. Are they going to be fixed, you know, because I'm, I'm what I'm finding is if I'm writing in an edit box, um, like if I'm putting a password in for something, it's not working. And so I end up having to, you know, use something else to do it.
1: Yeah, so I think Scott just actually covered that, and I think he's going to cover this next time. But do you, Scott, do you want to just repeat? Sure. Well, number one, I hope they fix it. Uh, like you, I'm a user. I mean, I've been
2: teaching these things for years, but I don't have any official affiliation with Apple, and I unfortunately have no um, no real way of doing a whole lot more than you as uh, another user reporting things. So Really, is it going to get fixed? All we can do is keep reporting these things to Apple and hope they listen. Uh, as of right now, no, there, <laughs> there aren't really any fixes, unfortunately. I, I wish I could say otherwise. As far as um, you know, entering passwords, again, I, I'll talk about this next time. But what you can do, you're 100% correct, by the way, that when you're entering a password, a lot of the time, uh, whether it's on Safari or in an app, it does not accept the input. Even though it'll show it has on your braille display. And the only real way I've found to work around that is to go into another app, type your password, copy it to your clipboard, and then paste it into the password field. The other thing you can do is if you unhide the on screen keyboard, you can do that with space and dots one, four, six. Once you unhide that on screen keyboard, if you wanna use that method, then you can pick up your iOS device and enter the password
1: that way. So those are the two workarounds that I know of. That's a great uh, keystroke to know that uh, to hide and unhide the on-screen keyboard. Maybe we should also include that in the in the next session um, as well, Scott. Thank you so much for your expertise and your energy uh, this evening. It's been very, very much um, appreciated. I know that sometimes it can be a bit of a mystery on on how braille and ios you know um get along uh, you know the rewards are definitely worth it in terms of the amount of content we can get in braille but there are definitely plenty of hurdles uh, to overcome to make those things play nicely together so thanks again to scott and ben for your help fielding the uh, questions and for all of you for coming along and for your great questions uh, i've been dave williams and uh, this is the Brailleless foundation until next time bye for now
0: we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Braillecast Extra. You can find more braille-related content by subscribing to Braillecast, all one word, in your podcast client of choice, or listening to Braillecast: Connecting the Dots for Brailleists everywhere on your smart speaker. For the latest information about future Brailleist events and how to join live, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter at brailleists.org/newsletter/sign-up. You can also visit our events page at braylists.org/events. If you have comments on this recording or suggestions of topics or guests for future events, we'd love to hear from you. Please email help at braylists.org. You can also find the Braylists on Twitter at Braylists or on Facebook, facebook.com/slash Foundation. Finally, if you like what you've heard, spread the word. We welcome new listeners and live participants alike, so if you know other people who are interested in Braille, please tell them where to find us. In the meantime, on behalf of everyone at The Braillists, thanks for listening and bye for now. The costs of producing this episode were defrayed by a grant from the Activate Fund of the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information, visit wcmt.org.uk.